cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive that shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive. Forever lifted high, your name cannot be overcome. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 is where we'll find our scripture today. Here uh, we have the fall away, but you are here and I'm here, and God was here before we got here. And so we're going to be okay, aren't we? Uh, just a few uh, announcements to uh, remind you about after I get this set back up if anybody's watching right now they're wondering what in the world is he doing and i'm wondering what i'm doing too <laughs> remember tomorrow night is our lady night ladies night out and looks like we may have 15 or so that's here which will be very very good. uh if you haven't signed up yet you still can sign up um i'll have enough cook that even if you didn't sign up you should be able to come and still be able to to eat with us and so I'm looking forward to, to that on tomorrow night, and I uh, hope it'll be a, a great time for the ladies. A uh, couple of other things. Uh, April Challenge is reading through the, the Gospel of John, the 21 chapters. And Kim, you've already read through it, haven't you? you she's been a little speed through it already. And I hope y'all are working on that as well. And we'll see how many uh, end up uh, completing this challenge. Uh, Mayola had his surgery and came through well and back with us this morning, and we are grateful for that. I told him that once they got him to sleep, me and Brian were the ones who came in and did the surgery for him. He said, they didn't tell me that. Oh, I said, well, when you get our bill, you will know that we were there. Brian, he, he acted like he's not going to pay us. Well, we, we'll, we'll have to do something different to he said he could give us a chicken. I said, well, I'll take a live chicken or a dead chicken. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, you know, I'll do either one of those. But uh, we're glad that Mayola did well, and he's got some treatments. When will the treatments start? Do you know? Don't know yet about the treatments, but he's got some treatments that will uh, take place uh, in the near future also. Uh, so um, let's see. I can go ahead and tell you what the May challenge is going to be. You like to know what the May challenge is? It's going to be real simple. First Sunday in May, I'm going to begin a series of preaching through Psalm 23. 
And so for each week, just read Psalm 23. Read it in different translations even. And look at different words in it. And uh, just really become very familiar with Psalm 23. And and it'll take five or six weeks probably to, to go through Psalm 23. Uh, it's not going to be an overview. It's going to be looking at it in, in more depth. And so hopefully you'll be able to enjoy that, and it will be uh, a great time of worship for us as we do this together. And I think that's all that I have. And so this morning, uh, oh, Brian's got surgery coming up Wednesday. Mayo, me and you will go do Brian's surgery. That that sound like a plan? Yeah. We, we, we can, we'll be there. Just bank on it. We'll be there. But he's getting his other knee fixed. And, uh, man, he's going to be like a new man when he gets that done, Didi. Well, at least his knees will be. <laughs> Rest of him, uh, uh, not so much. <laughs> Mitchell. Isn't it good when your family loves you that much to, to say things about you like that? <laughs> but pray for it. Brian is... Uh, do what? Give and take. But pray that the uh, surgery go well like it did with his other knee and that he have a quick recovery from that. Colossians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. <clears throat> Paul said, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I think that we all understand that as Americans, we owe a lot to our armed forces. Throughout generations of America, many brave men and women have given their time, their talents, their efforts, and in some cases, even their lives for our country. They have gone above and beyond the duty. Many of us have military in our family, in our background. Six family members for me, my dad, my brother-in-law, my brother, two nephews, and my son. Six beginning World War II through current days that have been in the military, in the Army, and in the Air Force. And many of you would have family members likewise who served. And we, we owe a lot to them for what they did and where they went and the way that they served. But do you know that not all soldiers are good soldiers? Does that surprise you? Does it surprise you that there are some soldiers who are lazy and self-serving? It's just like the world in general. They're good soldiers and then they're sorry soldiers. They're those who are there just trying to get by, just trying to see what it's all about. And they're just lazy. And then, there are those who are deserters. They've taken the oath. They've gone in. They've done their basic training. They're serving. 
and they decide we don't like it, we don't want a part of it, and they become deserters and they leave and go off on their own. For them to be found later, usually, and then court-martialed because of it. And then there are those soldiers who also commit treason. That's hard to understand how that you could volunteer to be in the military, how that you could go through the basic training, how you could do all that's involved in it, and yet end up being a traitor, which is what's been in the news this past week with that 21-year-old soldier in Connecticut who who got all of the classified documents and then dumped them onto the Internet, which is what happened years ago with... Uh, uh, WikiLeaks and Snowden and, and different ones, and, and it's just hard to comprehend how that they become traitors like that and become treasonous, but they do. Not all soldiers are good soldiers. The majority are, but not all. Well, as Christians, we are in an army. It's not an army of guns and tanks and planes and, and ships. We in, in an army that is a spiritual army. We are in the Lord's army. And we joined that army the day that we got saved. When we got saved, we become a part of his army. And we're in constant battle. We're battling forces of evil and darkness on every hand. I'm 68, as I've shared several times, and some of you are close to my age, some are a little younger, but do, do you ever just watch news or commercials or, or listen to people talk and shake your head and just like, I don't understand. Why? Why would we do that? Why do they do that? Why are we where we are? What What is going on? And, and the darkness of the world, especially... I mean, America is where I live, and so I, I can speak more about America than I can other countries, but America is a really dark place, if you think about it. How many have been shot and killed recently? How, how many have come out claiming that they are the a, a different sex, and how many are, are out there involved in drugs and alcohol and, and just... I mean, the morals of America really don't exist any longer. And as believers, we're in the Lord's army, and we are to be good soldiers fighting the warfare against all of that. But again, just like in the military of America, the Lord's army has good soldiers and some sorry soldiers. There are some sorry soldiers who make up the Lord's army also. I wish I could say that every believer was fighting against evil. I wish I could say that every believer is doing their part to to battle against the powers of the air. But I can't. Because there are some who I believe are believers. I, I think they got saved. But somewhere along the way, they've lost sight of what it means to be a believer. They, they've lost sight of what it means to to serve God, and, and they've allowed the world to suck them in to begin to live like the world instead of living like Christ. It, it's hard to explain that. I, I don't know how to explain that, but I see it happening on a regular basis that those who are believers all of a sudden have allowed themselves to be swallowed up 
by the world, to live like the world, and to be in the world. So the question for us today is, are we good soldiers or are we sorry soldiers? Everyone in here today would tell me that they are believers, that they have been saved. And I would never doubt you when you say that. But then you've also got to ask yourself, when I got saved, I became a part of the Lord's army. And since that time, what kind of a soldier have I been? A good soldier or a sorry soldier? Well, I'm hopefully hoping that this message will help us to examine ourselves and and kind of determine where we are as soldiers, if we are good soldiers or sorry soldiers. In our scripture, there are three marks of a good soldier that I want to just briefly look at. And you examine your life and ask yourself, am I really a good soldier? The first mark of a good soldier is found in verse number four. A good soldier is aware of a dangerous possibility. Soldiers in our military, they have to be on guard and they have to think about what someone else is saying and what someone else is doing, that they have to be aware of the dangerous possibilities that exist out there. Especially if they're in the battlefield, if they're in the Middle East or when they're in Vietnam or during World War II all across Europe. Uh, soldiers have always had to think about the danger out there and look for the danger out there and know the possibility exists that there's an enemy troop behind that troop and the enemy troop behind that bush, an enemy troop that get, getting ready to, to shoot me. And so they have to be on guard. But, but not just for being attacked like that, but, but the military forces have to be on guard also for propaganda that comes their way. That is one of the ways that China and Russia and other countries end up getting spies within our military, traitors within our military. It is through the propaganda that they espouse to them that they then believe. That they would make them believe that America is all evil, there's nothing good in America, and everything needs to be destroyed in America. And they buy into that propaganda, and then all of a sudden, here they are, doing the bidding of some foreign country. Well, this this dangerous possibility, they have to keep before them at all times to know what may happen and what may come their way. So it is as a believer today, we, we have to be aware of a dangerous possibility also in verse number 4. Verse 4 says, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. In the King James it says, so you will not be led away by deceitful words. We are always being faced with deluded words, deceitful words, plausible arguments that people are making of why you should not be a believer, why you should not go to church, why you should not live for the Lord, why heaven is not real, why God is not real, that there's always those people out there who are doing their best to, to lead us astray with their deceitful words. So we have to be aware of this every time we turn the TV on, every time we pick up a magazine, every time we read a book, every time that we go out in public, every time we, we go to a church service, every time that we listen to a radio program. We, we have to be on guard and we have to be aware of that dangerous possibility that they're going to be trying to lead us down a different path than what we're on. So much of music and so much of uh, media in general 
is about trying to lead us astray and lead us in the wrong way. And if we're not aware of that, we'll be sucked into it. We'll become a part of it. So a good soldier of Christ has to be aware of this dangerous possibility, these deceitful words that come. Well, a good soldier in our military stands true during persecution. In verse number 5, Paul says, For though I am absent in body, I'm not there with you, yet I'm with you in spirit, and I'm rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Uh, a good soldier stands true during persecution. Uh, I'm old enough, again, to remember the, the riots that took place in America in the 60s and 70s. I can remember the riots that took place in Arkansas. I, I can remember what took place in California in the 70s, 80s. Uh, all, all of these rights, and sometimes the military was called in, and, and when the military would be called in, they'd be laughed at, spit upon, rocks and sticks thrown at them. Uh, all manner of persecution would come their way because they were there trying to keep the peace. Soldiers who go to war, soldiers who were in the Middle East, they'd have those people who were glad they were there. Then they'd have those people who hated them for being there. And they were doing everything they could to get rid of them. But those soldiers would still stand true during all of the persecution that could come their way because they knew the mission, that they knew why they were there, that they were under orders. And so they were there to do what they thought was the best to be done at that time. Well, as believers in the Lord's army, we also have to stand fast in our faith in Christ. And it's not always easy. When the world is going in one direction and we're going in a different direction, it's not always easy. Christ understood what persecution was, did he not? Christ went through persecution, even to the extent of being hung on the cross and crucified. He understood persecution. The disciples, did they understand persecution? Oh my gracious, yes, they understood persecution. History says that, of course, Judas hung himself. Then the other 11 disciples, 10 out of those were ordered. They believed that John was the only one who died a natural death, an old man, after being on the Isle of Patmos. They all understood what persecution was. But what did they do? They stood true. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. They didn't back up. They stayed true to their faith in Christ. Well, today in America, we hear somewhat about persecution and I will say that we do endure some persecution in America for being a believer. But it's not what Christ endured. It's not what the disciples endured. It's not even what believers in other countries today endure. Our persecution is to be made fun of, made a laughingstock of, be called old-fashioned, out of tune, out of touch. 
And, and in some places, it may cost you a promotion on your job if you won't carouse and drink and party with the upper management. They, they may just decide they, they don't need you. If you are too ethical for some businesses, they want you to do shady business and you won't do shady business. Well, because of your ethical stand, your Christian stand, they may demote you or they may fire you. They'll find some way to get rid of you. Uh, you may have family members who will turn their back on you and say they, they've just become religious fanatics and I'm not going to have anything to do with them. I, I'm just going to stay away from them. So, so we do suffer some persecution in America. But when it's compared to the persecution around the world that believers are going through, when it's compared to the persecution that Christ went through, when it's compared to the persecution that the disciples went through, we really don't suffer persecution. But what persecution we do suffer, we've got to be able to stand true during it. It, it, it hurts if a family member turns against you and turns on you. It, it hurts to lose a job. It hurts to lose income. It, it hurts to lose influence. I, I'm not belittling any of that. But if Christ was willing to stand true even to the cross, if the disciples were willing to stand true even to being martyred, if the Old Testament prophets would they, they stood true no matter what came their way, whether it was being imprisoned or, or killed, if believers in other countries are willing to, to risk their life, the life of their family members, if they're willing to risk losing their job and their status because they're Christians, if they're all willing to stand true, then should we not stand true also here in America, here in Duncan, South Carolina, here in Grace Baptist Church? Should we not as a good soldier stand true during whatever kind of persecution may come our way? There's a third mark. The first one is good soldier is aware of a dangerous possibility, being led away by deceitful words. The second mark, a good soldier stands true during persecution. We're steadfast in our faith no matter what the world says, no matter what the world does, no matter what it may cost us here in this world. And thirdly, a good soldier is one of persistence. In verses 6 and 7. Paul says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Be persistent in your faith. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught. I would dare say that y'all have been taught by some great preachers and pastors through the years. You have... You, you have had great influences in your life from this pulpit and then from other pulpits. You, you have had great influences that have come into your life through your family, maybe a mom or a dad, grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or, or a sibling. You, you've had great influences that have come your way uh, about the Christian faith. Paul, Paul is saying you, you've been rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught. Keep doing it. Be persistent. Don't let up. Don't stop. Keep going. Do more. Stay true. You, you need to be a good soldier and be persistent. Even when it seems like the deck is stacked against you. When it seems as if no one is with you. 
when it's as if you're going totally separate from everyone else all by yourself, you still persistently study the Word of God, pray, go to church, worship Him, stand true to Him, be what He's called you to be. Paul says, walk in Him. And in the last part of verse 7, he says, in thanksgiving. We're to walk in Him in thanksgiving. It's easy to give thanks when things are easy. Would you agree? If, if you've got $100,000 in the bank, well, come see me. If, if, if you could write a check for $100,000 and never miss it, if you are as healthy as a horse and can do anything and everything, if your family is perfect in every sense of the word that never does anything wrong, if everything in your life is exactly like it should be and is exactly perfect, it's pretty easy to give thanks to the Lord and say, thank you for your blessings on me and thank you for what you have done for me. Thank you for all that I'm getting to enjoy. It's easy to give thanks when things are going well. But what about when you don't have a dollar to your name, your health is bad, your family is a mess, and it seems like there's storm clouds everywhere, do you still give thanks? That's what Paul is saying. A good soldier will still give thanks. Even, even in the darkest of times. Wow. We need to relearn Thanksgiving. In November, Thanksgiving will come around and we'll talk about all we're thankful for and we'll eat our turkey and our ham and we'll have our dressing and our sweet potatoes and... And we'll have banana pudding and chocolate cake and coconut cake. And we'll we'll have a nice house that we're meeting in. We'll, we'll have family and all around us and give thanks. But what about those days? None of that's true. Can we still give thanks? When your health goes kaflooey, do you know how quickly your health can leave you? just like that hopefully we will still give thanks do you know how quickly a family can disintegrate just like that hopefully if it does we can still give thanks because no matter what happens no matter what comes our way christ is still with us and we can still give thanks. This last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we talked about the resurrection of Christ. Well, it is through this resurrection that we actually have the power to be a good soldier. Now, every American soldier will at some point wonder if he or she can actually do what is being asked of them. Every soldier, especially if they're going into battle, they're going to wonder at some point, can I actually do this? 
Circumstances will tell them that the job is too big for them to do and they're too weak to do it. That soldier then has to rely upon all their training in order to succeed. They have been trained for the mission. They have been trained for the warfare. They have been trained for the battle. And so therefore they, they have to be able to go and do it. Well, similarly, we find ourselves as soldiers in the Lord's army wondering if we can do what needs to be done. But when we find that our faith and our belief system is in the minority, which it is, when we find that what we believe is in the minority in government and in education and in some medical arenas, when we find that everything that we bank on is laughed at and scorned, we, we have to turn to that training that we have had. And how are Christians trained? Well, through reading the Bible, listening to good Christian music, being around good Christian people, listening to sermons being preached, doing Bible study. Uh, all of that is a part of training for the Christian life in this world. But we don't have to rely just on our training. We, as believers, will mainly be able to do what I'm talking about because of the indwelling spirit that lives within us. At salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to take up residence within us. And the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our paraclete, the Holy Spirit empowers us and helps us to face the world that we're in, to face the issues that come our way. And it's through the Holy Spirit that we are aware of our dangerous possibilities. Through the Holy Spirit, we stand true during persecution. And through the Holy Spirit, we, we can be a good soldier of persistence, continually living out our Christian life. We don't do it by ourselves. We do it with Him in us. That's who makes it possible. For us to be a good soldier. So the question for you today. Whether you're here in person or you're watching online. Are you a good soldier of Christ? For we are in a warfare. There's no doubt about that. We are in a warfare. Battling against Satan and the forces of evil. We need to stand true. Because we have children, grandchildren, friends that we want to see become believers and to live for Christ. So we've got to be good soldiers of Christ.